Hello and welcome to the Logistics Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Cliff, Digital Content Producer for the Logistics Channel. Thanks for joining us. This is Logistics in Focus. Elevate your warehouse. In October, I was lucky enough to attend Kerber's first ever in-person Elevate conference for the EMEA region in Rotterdam. This episode of the Logistics Podcast is the second part of a mini-series, which tackles two of the most critical areas in modern supply chain strategy, solving the labour shortage and developing automated solutions for the warehouse. Everyone listening will know just how much extra pressure was put on the supply chain as the pandemic struck in 2020, especially retailers. Now imagine you sell equipment designed for COVID-friendly outdoors pursuits. This huge influx of orders is what faced Robert Patton, Managing Director of Equestrian Goods Retailer, Old Mill Saddlery. When the pandemic started, you know, our biggest fear was, you know, business going to disappear and what are we going to do? And we were really quite worried about it. And very quickly we realised that this is not going to happen. It went completely the other way. Obviously what you've said, being involved with outdoor activities, we supply that outdoor equestrian, you know, outdoor walker, all that sort of thing. I mean, business boomed to the extent where we began to really struggle getting stuff out the door. And then the staff problems, labour shortages began to take place. And, you know, we were losing a number of staff due to COVID and COVID restrictions. If one member of staff went down in one department, it maybe took eight people down. Then were the challenges we began to see happening. And our business pretty much doubled during that period. And that definitely caused a few problems. So demand was high in spring 2020. But as we all know, supply and demand can change at the drop of a hat and can make stock availability quite the challenge. Those who, like me, tried their hand at baking during the first lockdown will remember facing bare shelves when shopping for flour. But we were in the first wave of a deadly pandemic, so having to forego making banana bread for a week was the least of our worries. And we were all forced to become more understanding of fluctuating levels of stock. I asked the CEO of Software Business in the Kerber Business Area Supply Chain, Chad Collins, whether he thinks that consumer expectations around availability of stock and delivery times have permanently shifted due to the pandemic. We're all consumers at some level, and I think the dependence and increase of e-commerce activity that we uh, all relied on during the pandemic. I think many realized that it was just much easier way to do your shopping, buy your groceries. And what the pandemic, I'd say, also unlocked was this idea of buy online, pick up in the shop as well, in which has become a much larger preference for many of the consumers, and, and but has, has created a, quite a bit of supply chain complexity as a result of these higher expectations of consumers. And I think they're absolutely here to stay. It is nice now, though, to see as restrictions have loosened up the return of the in-store shopper as well. I do think that there's a certain romance, if you will, of being able to touch and feel certain products in the shop. But I think now it's more of a balance of all these different channels, which even makes the supply chain even more complex. As Chad said, we are seeing new channels emerging and growing for retailers to take advantage of, like Click and Collect, for example. But finding balance between brick and mortar and more technologically complex retail channels, especially when considering automation, can be overwhelming. Sean Elliott, CTO software at the Kerber Business Area Supply Chain, explains his point of view on where the challenges lie. 
The most significant pinch point for digitization really exists in customers' ability or the market's ability to grapple with change. We cited a statistic from one of our own studies that said that less than half of the market is able to address more than one change or complexity at a time. And when you think about digitization, that becomes a pace discussion. How much can you absorb from a change standpoint? The second one is really an awareness issue in terms of when I think about digitization, what are the best opportunities to leverage technology to solve the issues or to unlock the potentials or opportunities in the business? So there's a combination of what do I do first and what is the pace at which I can enable or leverage technology to enable my business that's ultimately driving the way that digitization is being rolled out through the industry. The ability to leverage technology to your advantage is key in being able to grapple with the kind of challenges Chad and Sean both mentioned. That's certainly something that Robert has found at Old Mill Saddlery after partnering with Kerber to deploy a fleet of Geek Plus AMRs in his warehouse. I suppose when we first looked at it, we thought, look, we might have to pay some people off in the warehouse, and that never really happened. We deployed them in other areas of the business, and we're quite happy to you know, have whatever staff we had at that point. Obviously our business, you know, had grown massively during the pandemic. We sort of thought getting into this year, the current year we're in, 22, that because of the growth we have had from, you know, 19, you know, surely that can continue where we, we may lose some of that growth. And during the year from about February right through to August, we've seen about an 8% reduction in sales last year. But for a number of reasons, we've had really nice growth in September and so far in October. And one thing that has really made a difference, during the pandemic, we weren't able to offer next day delivery because we just couldn't guarantee the customer we were going to get it. So we didn't want to overpromise what we couldn't deliver. And in the last two months, we have actually turned on the option for next day delivery. And that has increased our business alone by about 17%. So I think one thing to take out of this is that customers want stuff fast and they don't mind paying for it. Some may be shocked that Robert's customers don't mind paying for next day delivery when there's a free delivery option. But it's part of a wider trend of consumers becoming more aware of the environmental costs associated with getting goods from the warehouse to their doorstep. For example, Many fashion retailers like Boohoo have added a charge to their online returns process, causing customers to think twice about how much they order, and potentially leading to fewer vans on the road and therefore fewer carbon emissions. The rise of conscious consumer is something that Chad Collins knows all too well. Kerber's mission statement, Move Goods, Do Good, has taken on additional meaning in the last few years. I'll let him explain some more. And I would say historically, we've always looked at productivity and sort of hard benefits of efficiencies in the supply chain as our primary way to help our customers do good. But our customers have really been leading us onto a new definition of doing good. Customers are looking to do good with their supply chain and have a positive impact on the environment and society, or perhaps even just in some cases, a less negative impact on the environment and society. And so some of the things that our customers have been looking at and we are prepared to help them with 
with is the carbon footprint uh, of their supply chain, ensuring that their supply chain, both in the operations that they run and their partner organizations, utilize fair labor practices. Also looking at the safety of the supply chain and the workers that work in the supply chain. So we've heard from people at different points on the supply chain that developing more sustainable business practices is high on their agenda. So if businesses are reducing their energy usage for both ecological and financial reasons, where does that leave AMRs? Sean explained why the outlook is better than you may think. We would say a couple things. First is clearly energy consumption is a key component of how customers think about profitability, total cost of ownership, and the longevity of the device uh, in question. However, Energy prices are more of a transient issue. We fully expect that to normalize in a a not distant future where the lifespan of a robot is far beyond this current energy circumstance. So while it should be taken seriously and absolutely should be thought of both in a total cost of ownership perspective and candidly in an ESG perspective, when we think of environmental sustainability, robots, the benefit outweighs by far the cost of the current energy circumstance in the sense of replacing diesel uh, with electricity, which is far cleaner. And when you combine that with the more transient nature of the current energy circumstance, we see a lot more benefit than issue in this particular respect. So the return on investment of AMRs is incredibly beneficial to logisticians working in the retail sector. If you're still not convinced, here's Robert to tell you more about the energy usage he's found at Old Mill Saddlery followed by Anton Dupriez, the Executive Vice President for Sales for Kerber in EMEA. We're in a very lucky position. Well, number one, AMRs, they're not a massive user of, of electric. Secondly, they can work in the dark, so the warehouse doesn't need any lights on. We ourselves have a lot of renewables. We have a wind turbine and we also have solar. And we're actually working about 97% with renewable energy. So, you know, very soon we're going to put some battery storage in and that will make us 100% renewable energy. So we're very lucky in that respect. They have a very clear sustainability agenda. They are powering all of their AMR from sustainable sources today. So, yes, there is an energy requirement for these kind of pieces of equipment to work, but they can be sustainably supplied with that energy. And I think that's a great virtuous circle that we've proven can get established and it can get scaled to address that. After all this, you might want to get cracking on an AMR strategy, but picturing how you would manage an automated warehouse while maintaining normal operational levels feels intimidating. To wrap up, I'll hand over to Sean, who will talk more about how cloud-based unified technology platforms, like Kerber One, can support you in deploying more automation in your warehouse. As we think about being an agile business and therefore running agile warehouses, we think of it around, I would call it process agility. You know, how rapidly can I adjust existing processes, onboard new processes or capabilities within a process is really not about the technology. The technology is simply an enabler of that point. Kerber One facilitates that in a couple ways. The first is by providing a unified technology platform, including a unified user experience, unified administration, and other key capabilities. It simplifies how our customers onboard new technology from our perspective, which expands what they can do with the product, thereby enabling a more agile kind of process adaptation. 
The second and most meaningful way, however, is the way we build our products on top of, of Kerber One. We focus on what we call an adaptability framework, which means that we put the power in our customers' hands to make changes themselves to the solution. The benefit of that is very clear. Uh, it reduces that cycle time as our customers identify new needs in their business, new needs in their customer base, new needs in their colleagues' work life. They are able to self-actualize those or to take advantage of the tool sets that we provide, not only the capabilities that we provide, to take that change lifecycle down to the bare minimum and to speed up the process that they use to implement new capabilities into their operations. Thank you to Robert, Chad, Anton and Sean for their contributions to this episode. You can find links to the full uncut interviews, along with links to Kerber and Old Mill Saddlery in the episode description. If you didn't listen to the first episode of this series, which focuses more on how to recruit the best people for your logistics operations, you can find it in the logistics podcast feed on the podcast provider of your choice. Thank you for listening to the logistics podcast. Keep it moving. Thank you.